Hello. Hello. Good morning. I like that little hair flip you just did right before we got <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's It's reached a certain critical mass where now it hangs in weird ways. It's like long yeah. enough that it, it does new stuff. I've been watching the Ben Orenstein main grow as pandemic has gone on and yeah it seems to be um seems to be now falling down it likes to go out and then i think it's now reached enough it's gotten heavy enough that it's like going out but then collapsing can't support itself i kind of like having weirdly long hair right now it's like i haven't i haven't done this experiment in a long time it's kind of fun yeah you can pull it off i think thank you i appreciate that (laughs) Um, alone in my apartment i'm pulling it off real well yeah <laughs> rocking it with your empty apartment yes, exactly. uh, how's it going um i'm doing well yeah I had a pretty good week another fast week but mm. um this was I, fast for me as well yeah yeah but i think um i made some good progress this week so i'm feeling i'm feeling good i'm in a good mental, nice. mental space yeah well it's like the hip new cool newcomer startup kid on the block How's your week been? You should you should go first. You have all the cool, fun stuff happening. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, officially, officially started dog fooding this week. You know, I crossed that milestone. I think two weeks ago, maybe, but didn't have a specific occasion to share a booking link, and so I kind of was holding off on like officially locking in the database configuration and you know making it so I can't just nuke stuff anymore. I had needed to schedule a time with someone and sent him a mighty cow link, and they booked it. And it all worked. And nice. so, yeah, the product is it's alive. It's in the wild. It's in the wild. Yeah, that was That's a cool. that was a cool. Yeah, it was just a, a cool moment. Like I kind of sat back and reflected on this. Like, yep, I just sent someone a link for the first time. And um, yeah, it's really it's getting real now. That's cool. Your appointments booked metric is at one. <laughs> yeah. it's on, you're on the board. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That's, cool. That's the hardest one. Yeah, That's the first one. Right, right. And uh, yeah, it was like, went off without a hitch. So yeah, I'm stoked about that. And still continuing to chip away at the at the kind of punch list that I had. I think as of yesterday, I was like 92% complete, according to my uh, issue tracker. So quickly running out of excuses to uh, not uh, start onboarding some some actual people. Right now, kind of the two pieces that that I need. Well, Zoom integration is coming very quickly because most people need it. Like most people in my early access tribe really want to be able to automatically spin up a Zoom meeting. And I mean, I think some people might be okay with just like pasting in their personal Zoom link in a private field or whatever, since like Zoom has passwords now or whatever. But in general, like most people kind of just want that automatically spin up a unique room link when an event's booked. So yeah, last night I started, uh, started digging into like, did a little off hours on this. I don't want to get too deviated from like the track of like actually onboarding people who don't need zoom, but at the same time I want to like, I'd like to knock this out really quickly if possible. So started looking into the technical side of it and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be not too hairy. I have to implement an adapter for zoom for the OAuth thingy on in Elixir. So I was like, (laughs) <laughs> I was buried deep in like looking at looking at a few different OAuth strategies from other people and merging that with Zoom's documentation. And I was like, got deep into the headspace last night, but it felt good. Like, I, I think I'm making good progress on that. So I might I might be, uh, you know, working on that this weekend, trying to trying to hammer it out, see how close I can get. 
OAuth is definitely a bit of a pain, but also it's it's so nice that it's a thing that it works. Yeah. Just like being able to auth with a different service and have it work well. It's like, oh, that's, that's pretty mm-hmm. pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And and thankfully, like Zoom, you know, you just never know when you encounter new API docs. Like, is this going to be a terrible mess <laughs> inspired by, you know, 90s technology? Or are they, I think they're pretty much following like the OAuth spec to a T. So mm. uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's nice. I've usually found like there's some upfront work for OAuth, and after that, it tends to just work. And I remember it's like it being like a long-term maintenance problem. Right. Yeah, because these are inherently like extremely stable APIs. Like you can't be mm-hmm. you can't be innovating and changing stuff with your authentication flow, or else you're going to screw up a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. So that sounds yeah. like a pretty tractable thing to finish. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I would like. I would love to start onboarding users next week. My first couple, yeah, I nice. We'll, I think we'll get there. Do you think you'll hit that? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. We recorded some some podcast audio this week with Rob, and then I was like, I think it's ready. Like, I should demo this to you and get you on board. I mean, he needs Zoom integration, but he's like eager. So, you know, it's fitting for Rob to be my first. Uh, <laughs> my first it is. That's so cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Are you planning on? I think you said yes. You're, you're planning on charging people for this, like from the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. It's like monthly, some sort of monthly cost. Charge a credit card. Sign up yep. for Stripe. Yep. I think okay. send them a you know, you know, manually onboard folks. So make sure like share screen, talk through product, make sure it addresses their needs, and then you know send them a Stripe checkout link. Probably. What you had been encouraging me to consider doing annual, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and remind me again, like the rationale behind that, like annual versus versus monthly for for early access. Um, my thought process was you want the people that are most anxious for a solution yeah, that want it really it. badly. Got it. It just set, it intentionally sets the bar higher such that it's not like tire kickers who are kind of interested in the Derek Reimer story from the inside and more like, no, I really do want this. And it also, I feel like it sets the expectation and, and we explicitly set this expectation when we we're doing it. Like it's not going to be perfect on day one or day 50. And so this is going to be a long-term relationship where you tell me what's not working and we fix it. Um, and it's going to take months to really, you know, blossom into awesome software. So let's make sure that we're agreed that this is the shape of that relationship. That's a really, that's a very good point about expectation setting, because I think it's, it would be easy for me to just like, think of this as I'm just starting my process of acquiring customers, but I think I can treat this a little bit differently. These are, these are both customers and they are people who are early in. So they have undue influence over product direction and helping suss things out. Right. Yeah. This is like your product mastermind or something. Yeah. yeah. Like these are essential influencers and, you know, hopefully have good taste and want what you're selling and believe in the dream and are willing to look past your issues and all this stuff. So it's, it's like, you're like building an alpha of true believers, like getting the, the cult started. So if you say, oh, it's monthly and you can cancel whenever you want, it's like, that's not how cults work. Right. Um, <laughs> that's not how cults work. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> they don't generally let you off that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, we didn't run into that much resistance from this. Like, I, I think this checks out for people. People get why this is a thing. Right. Like, plenty of folks were like, oh, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. which, as expected. But, like, we weren't trying to recruit plenty of folks. We wanted, you know, yeah. a small subset. Right. You get the temptation of, like, on the one hand, you can think of this as, well, this is early software. Like, it doesn't, 
Maybe it doesn't check all of the value boxes that it ultimately will because it's still under heavy development. And so I think some people are tempted to say, like, I'm going to give you a steep discount on this thing because it doesn't it's not there yet, which is sort of a the opposite mindset. And I don't think necessarily helpful at this stage. Like if you're if you're trying to entice people to come in, like you're you're setting yourself up as like, no, this thing's not very good. And here I'll I'll toss you a discount to get you in now early, right? Yeah. Well right. It's bad framing. I, yeah, exactly. I think it's I think it's mostly about framing, which is like you're coming on the, the journey with me. And the journey costs more because it's going to be interesting and it's going to be good for you. Like you're kind of sort of contracting me to build custom software for you. And it takes a while and it's going to be good for you and good for me and it's going to be fun. Uh, so it costs more than if you or like it requires more of a commitment than if you were just going to use a thing that's like effectively off the shelf and pretty well shaped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Good food for that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way I was thinking about it in the early days too was like it's not so much about the revenue because it's not going to be that much revenue. But 10 people that believe in you and are really excited about the direction and give you really good feedback and are willing to tell more people are that's what you want right now i think it's not just like 10 more customers to get to the next 10 to get to the next 10 it's like kind of a an essential core here yeah yeah okay i like it i like it there was also a very well-timed like twitter thread that i got um, mentioned on this week yeah Mm -hmm. um it was the perfect kind of question like it was just someone asking like you know calendly it's it seems so good like and it seems like it makes things so much more efficient but why does it feel so weird and then you know proceeded to be this really really long thread a lot more activity on it than you would maybe expect like it wasn't it's not like it was tweeted out by someone with you know two hundred thousand followers or something it was just kind of an ordinary thing that spread pretty pretty broadly and some interesting some interesting takes from all all directions you know some people a lot of validation i felt like for my hypothesis on how to at least begin tackling the power dynamic issue. So that felt really good, you know, just to hear people that I've, you know, I don't know, probably don't know who I am, probably haven't heard me talk about this and echoing a similar sentiment of like, yeah, it has to do with, with kind of, you know, personalization. It has to do with leveling the playing field of the experience, making sure it's just as convenient for both sides instead of a, and it's, there's subtleties in that, but got quite a bit of, just by surprise, some unbiased, you know, validation of some of my hypotheses. So that cool. That's, really cool. that's yeah, that's that's good to see. There's there is at least uh, some dissatisfaction there or some. Yeah, there's, there's an interesting thread to pull. Yeah, right. When you sent your your link to somebody mm-hmm. th- this week, mm-hmm. how did you phrase it? <laughs> that's good. I was I think I said something to the effect of like, cool. Yeah, let's let's find a time to meet. I created a link for us to figure this out. And it was personalized, had their name on it, has their their picture up at the top. Oh, cool. Yeah. How did you get their picture? Based on their email, Gravatar or something? Yep. So if I put if you put in a guest's email address, then it'll attempt to ping Gravatar and uh, get the get an image for them. Yeah, I like that. Nice. Yeah, that sounds promising. There's something to that. Like I I I created a thing for us. It's like I did some work already. Right. So right. do you mind doing a little bit of work yourself mm-hmm. to like finish it off? Mm-hmm. It definitely feels feels different. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, I wonder if it'll be enough. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Are, yeah the great startup unknown. Right. <laughs> interesting. I was thinking about you yesterday because I was scheduling a call with someone who is like a consultant slash vendor. And I was just like, mind grabbing a time with me? And it's just like, I expect that like, yeah, like you're just going to do this because you're 
going to want to do some work for me so you're expecting to you know sort of manage the process but if it had been a different person and if like if the roles had been reversed i would have been like who how do i phrase this and how do i do this maybe i should just like manually type out sometimes and my behavior is impacted by this so i agree that's a thing it's such an interesting dynamic like and this it was something that came up in this thread also where you know there was definitely some people who were taking the other side of like this is not really an issue. Like I, I don't have any problems with this. All I do is send people a couple times that work and, and then fall back to my link. That's fine. But you're still opting to choose a manual route in the name of not offending somebody, which mm-hmm. sure, I, I get why that is kind of the best that people have right now, but also like, why are we satisfied with this state of the world? I mean, sure. I, kn- yeah. I know it's a, it's a little thing. Sure. And maybe if you don't book a lot of meetings, like I don't know. It wastes another couple minutes. Like, who cares? But in aggregate, it's it's when you, you know, you're trying to build up this this repetitive process of how to do this, and especially if you have a lot of you need to do a lot of this kind of booking stuff. It's like, why are we okay with this uh, this suboptimal route? You know, it's fair. It's fair. Plus, if I manually am like providing a couple options, I might not know the person's time zone, so I might be like creating work for them to be like how about this time or this time in eastern time they're like okay so what is that for me that's going to be and like in the name of not of respecting the power dynamic i'm actually i'm making more work for myself and for them because we we haven't found a good way to like solve this directly and when someone like proposes three times for me if none of them work for me i usually feel like like oh man now i'm being the really inflexible one like it just creates all kinds of like (laughs) they've given me some times to work they're trying to make it convenient for me but i kind of get a little bit locked in like well i'm going to try to make one of these work or something around that because they've already expressed these this is their preference and that may not be true they may just be trying to like i'm just going to pick some random times and give them to you you know it's just Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm. okay so there might be some fertile ground here i think so i think so Yeah. yeah cool we'll see anything else in your world um that's the gist of it for me yeah okay What's going on in cool. Tuple? um various things actually a, a question for you to sort of lead off when you were in the early days of drip did you do um and you started hiring full-time people did you do profit sharing uh no okay no uh, uh equity grants do any no. options anything like that no okay no did you ever lose somebody that you felt like was like a good candidate because you didn't have those things? I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so. So you were like, this is not a startup anymore. It's a business that's functioning. We're looking for employees, not like more partners, basically. Yeah. And to be honest, I think a big part of our pitch for roles that we were hiring for was like, look, we're a bootstrap startup. So the game is different. Like I like giving you options in this in this company, we didn't set out to like build a company to sell necessarily. It was like this, this would not be a good way to, to reward you. Profit sharing is a different, you know, that's different than options. So that, that could have been an interesting, an interesting thing to to experiment with. But like, it was kind of like, we are offering you this amount of flexibility, this amount of like interesting work um, agency over kind of what you work on. It's a small team. Like we had all these other kind of benefits that we touted and, and even, you know, really early on when we were really scrappy, we couldn't afford to pay like someone could probably go work somewhere else and make more money, too. And so that's that was something that we were kind of trying to combat and trying to make up for that with like, look, there's perks of being, you know, having a high degree of influence on a really small team building a really interesting um, app. So, yeah. OK, cool. Yeah, we're trying to figure out all this all this stuff right now. 
because we're starting to add people to the team and it's so I, I think your approach that makes sense i think we we probably will end up doing something kind of like profit sharing i like the idea of like aligning incentives within the company and, and sharing in the upside and all that the equity piece is interesting to me I, I talked to a friend of mine the other day i realized through talking to him that i think i've kind of my brain has maybe been a little bit warped by vc-backed startup land where it's very normal for a bunch of people in the early days to get some portion of equity in the company. Mm-hmm. We're not like a normal VC-backed startup. Right. Like most of these things are not profitable, like maybe don't even have product market fit yet, or like potentially burning you know, huge amounts of money on the path to blow up by default most of the time, as opposed to like, hey, we have actually a bunch of profit. We have product market fit. The core thing is working. We're looking for like amazing people to join the team that are going to have an awesome impact. But at, at the fundamental level, you are like employees. You're not founders. Like the, the founding period has passed. The, the the core thesis has kind of been figured out. And now we're executing on a model that, that exists. Yeah. That's a wise way to look at it because, yeah, what would be the incentive when someone's joining a VC-backed startup? You're basically saying like, I'm hopping on this high risk endeavor and we're all sharing in the risk and the uh, and the reward and the upside potential upside from it and that's just the equation is just completely different for tuple you know um yep right i think also the vc bad companies will sometimes use that equity as a way to like lower salaries right right it's like a way to kind of lower your effective cost of the employee because you can kind of give away give away stock without any direct cost to you sort of and it's just fine whereas that's not our strategy we're not going to do that salary wise we want to pay great salaries i like realized i was like where is this model coming from in my head that like there's going to be lots of equity sprayed out in the early days just like that's just how it's done and i was like oh wait i'm thinking of like and like i had numbers in my head i'm like doesn't like the first person get this and then like the next person get this and then i was like oh wait hold on i i think i read this in like a paul graham essay about (laughs) like combinator companies it's like okay that's certainly a way to do it but that's not who we are yeah yeah I think profit sharing is not necessarily a bad way to go. And like that, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of bootstrap companies have, have experimented with that. I think one thing to be careful with is like if incentives are heavily centered on money and not kind of the other benefits of working for a small team like Tuple, then like, I don't know, you could end up with a little bit of misalignment of why someone's there, I guess. Totally. Um, yep. There's a book, I think it's called Drive. I need to read about this, like the research about like what actually motivates people, because I remember from reading summaries of this, of books like this, it's like, it's not really about money for most people. Like it doesn't actually work that well as an incentive. I think there's probably some value in, in aligning the incentives because people tend to be driven by incentives and like their behavior will, will be shaped by that. But in terms of, I don't think it's like, we'll take someone who's not going to be happy at Tuple and be like, well, I'm getting a lot of profit sharing. So mm-hmm. right. I'll stay here. I'd, right. I think that's, that's unlikely to be satisfying to people in a deep way. Like if given two technology jobs that are paying basically market rate for their skills, what's going to be the factor that tips them over to pick Tuple? And I think you don't want it to be, well, they're, they're kicking me a little extra profit sharing, so I'll pick Tuple. You want it to be, you know, that motivation to come from somewhere else. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I also realized this, this, this like kind of flaw in my thinking where I was imagining like, okay, well, if we imagine we dedicate a, like a percentage of profits to profit sharing and then we hire somebody. And then like the amount of profit that each person is getting goes down. How do we, how do we fix that? And I was like, no, 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 that's actually not a bug. (laughs) Right. That's a feature. Like there's a cost to adding a person. Yeah. And 
by aligning our incentives, we have made that cost apparent to everybody on the team. Yeah, there's a cost to ownership and there's a cost to people sharing the, the owners, the partners and the people sharing in the profit. I mean, when you hire someone, that's there's an extra chunk you can't take out as an owner draw, you know. So, uh, oh, yeah, exactly. So, so everyone that is interested in the profits of the business is affected by hiring someone into the business. And so profit goes down when you hire the person, at least immediately, hopefully not forever. And so it being reflected in, hey, we have less profit sharing because we added somebody to the team. It's like, actually, that's, that's, that's how it's supposed to work. That's like, actually, that's good. I think it, it makes it like, it's like, it, it brings the trade off into people's minds and like makes it clearer. It's like, okay, well, profit, profits are down this quarter because we added this person, but look how awesome they are. Or, you know, profits are down, but they don't seem that awesome. Like, are we, was this really a good choice? Like, are they having a big impact on the business? So, like, I feel like I had two, two realizations uh, yesterday, so. I do like the, the idea, I've read about this from various case studies and stuff. I think Netflix is one example of, you know, being very transparent about the business fundamentals with, like, all of the employees. And, you know, it regularly have, like, meetings where they would talk about, like, this is what our financial performance has been. And this is they can talk freely about that because everyone kind of has skin in the game in one form or another. And it's like everybody's driving towards this goal of, like, we need to build this into a really healthy business. And these are the metrics that our investors care about. These are the metrics that our management cares about. And this is what we're optimizing for. And, like, just being very upfront about, like, yeah, we're here to build an awesome company. And I, I like that. I like that way of thinking of like, as opposed to like shielding people from the business side of things and just like saying, no, you just come in and do your, you know, you do your individual contributor job and like you do that well and you don't have to worry about the business side. I kind of like the idea of like getting people more aligned around like, nope, I'm, I'm the CEO and these are the things I'm thinking about. And I feel like you should know too, this, this is what I'm driving towards, you know? Yep. Um, I agree. That seems, that seems smart to me. Yeah. You, you touched on this, but sort of sharing numbers. Do you have any thoughts on like a default stance on that? Like how open to be with like all the revenue and all, all the stats like that? Do you think it's to just share everything with everybody that's on the team? Yeah. If I recall for most of our earlier years, at least like the metrics were all shared at drip. It was in our admin panel. We had like kind of a custom built bare metrics because at the time we weren't, we weren't using Stripe subscriptions. So we had to come up with their own calculations for SAS metrics and, and it was just all there. And so I think, I guess I was deliberate. I don't know. I would, I would be curious to talk to Rob about that on his thinking. And then at, you know, lead pages to post acquisition, we would, we would talk about numbers. We talk about financial performance of the business. So I think, I think it's probably worth doing, but, um, yeah, I'd be interested to hear other perspectives on it for sure. Cause I don't feel like I know totally what the right move is. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there's not so much right versus wrong as, you know, just different pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting stuff to figure out. Mm-hmm. It's just an endless pile of uh, <laughs> problems slash challenges slash things to decide on. It's easy to get into decision fatigue a little bit too, right? Like, oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely is. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm juggling like four or five discrete, like, let's make a decision about X processes right now and uh, i'm doing them trying to do them in parallel and it's it is pretty it's a little rough yeah sometimes you just want to flop over and say like can someone just make the call for me on these four things i only focus on this one problem (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i commented the other day like some of the stuff is type one decisions are type one decisions where it's like the, the kind you can't undo if you decide you made the wrong choice so those ones are are like worth going slow and thinking about and paying a lot of attention to some of the other ones you know you can 
you can make faster faster calls on but we have a mix right now so that that um, base camp analogy of pouring cement right it's like some, mm. sometimes you're pouring cement other times it's you're just putting something up that's temporary or changeable yeah yep exactly so yeah interesting day is happening right now yeah yeah are you feeling i mean what's your mental state are you feeling stressed are you feeling pretty like you know just feel out of control are you pushed <laughs> in the right like to the right limit you know um i am stressed yeah i would say I, i'm like doing a middling job of like managing my mental state there are certain inputs into this that i know that i know have like good impact or bad impact and i'm i would say i'm doing like a not a, i'd give myself like a six out of ten but I, it's trending up so i tend to like cycle i guess and i feel like i'm on the upswing now where i'm like getting more exercise and like eating better food and like trying to be more diligent about sleeping when i should and and so and i feel good and i also just had my first coaching call this week so oh yeah i now have um an ally in this battle cool yeah did you set up kind of a a cadence with this person like yeah we're talking weekly for now okay this is our first call and it was kind of like a getting to know you lay the groundwork talk about broad strokes kind of thing so nothing huge to report yet but it's like oh it's nice if there's someone out there who is like going to help me achieve some of these things that i'm i'm hoping to do so yeah and then having the call with like my friend yesterday was like oh man this is it's having smart savvy experienced operators that you can like do a phone call with about a topic so huge i think i actually don't talk about this maybe or like thank people enough or acknowledge this enough in the world that like the the friendships i've made through like microconf and twitter and just giving talks and building an audience and whatever and this podcast um, have been super helpful to me having advisors that have various kinds of experience and who i can trust and are smart uh, has really helped a bunch of different cases yeah doing this stuff in a vacuum is pretty impossible and really hard if you don't just embrace that like look i'm gonna potentially look like i don't have it all figured out to a lot of people (laughs) that's something i'm trying to get more more and more comfortable with because i can sometimes hesitate to try to lean on someone for advice because it's like well i feel like i should already have this figured out so like do i want to expose myself as like someone who doesn't know what they're doing (laughs) but at the end of the day none of us really have much figured out we have some ideas and other people have wisdom and we should be marrying those two together as often as possible yeah yeah and it's i mean it's hard to get that many reps at this too right like you can't create like 100 businesses probably no um, so you're not going to like have so many data points that you're like, okay, I've just, I've done all the different things to do on this. And so I, I have this extremely well-considered opinion here. Um, so you sort of have to use other people's experience, I think, to, to build anything close to that level of knowledge. There are very few Jason Cohen's in this world. And like those types of people who like really have like good mental frameworks that I feel like they can, they can really look at your business and, and apply wisdom, even though like, I mean, he's had a finite number of businesses himself you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah well i mean like he he's i think created f- at least four million dollar plus businesses and then also like was an advisor for or uh, for capital factory so i was helping other companies get get off the ground so he's had a lot of opportunities for pattern matching and such but most people don't have that that level but fortunately you can ask jason cohen things exactly answers yeah. <laughs> yep totally because he's a nice helpful guy yep um Another thought I've been thinking is like, I want to get more of my calls on, on set days of the week. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm starting to have more standing meetings, one-on-ones mm-hmm. and coaching calls and, <laughs> and whatnot. 
I also record a podcast every week. Yep. <laughs> so I do kind of want to talk to you about maybe moving the recording day again. Okay. All right. All right. But, but we'll see. Yeah. Or maybe I need to like change. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about it offline. Totally. Offline, yep. as they say. Yep. I think that's another thing that will help with my productivity and just craziness is like if I have a day and it's all calls, that's fine. If I have a day and it's half calls, it's like kind of like not having a day. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, you know the story. Totally. What do you do today? Do you do like a lot of time blocking? Like, do you say like this, you know, from this time to this time, I'm going to work on this specific area of the business or this specific task? Like, what is your kind of planning ahead strategy look like right now for a week, I guess? It's basically week by week right now. Like at the beginning of the week, uh, I try to like write down like, okay, I should try to do these five or six things. We have a base camp going. Sometimes I'll like post them at base camp. Be like, here are my weekly. Like it has like that kind of automated, what are you going to do this week goals? And then it's like, as the week goes on, I'm like, am I, am I tracking? Am I getting closer? Like, are these things happening? Inevitably, other stuff comes up. This week, I had like a, a brand new sort of emergency thing that happened. And it's like, ooh, this is 100% the first priority now. Drop everything else, uh, which is just classic start, hashtag startup life. <laughs> totally. Um, so it's sometimes the, the map is not the territory. But I do have a little bit of a sense where I think I could be thinking more about, all right, if I got these three things done this quarter, that's a success. And just make sure like every day there's some sort of like progress towards those things. I do feel like a little bit like I might be losing the big picture goals for the sort of day-to-day stuff that's coming up and figuring things out. And like we're still churning through stuff. We're doing things. I'm getting things done and like tasks are getting accomplished. And But come September, I want to be like, okay, in Q3, what happened? And was it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you read that book, The One Thing? Yeah, I, I did, and I'm. Uh, I've, I was. I've been thinking about that recently, actually. I do feel like I, I. I have not done that analysis on myself for the business in a while. I like the threes. You know, what are, what are the top three things? And I feel like that's kind of a fractal concept. Like you can talk about that in term in the scope of a day, in the scope of a week, in the scope of a quarter, right? But then, yeah, it's interesting. Like that that book where he was kind of like author's thesis is like, no, there's one thing. What's the one thing? Like, what's the one thing if you accomplish would be everything would be easier or unnecessary or something like that? It's like, okay, well, that's interesting. And if you started at what's the one thing for this year? And then, okay, okay, what does that mean? The one thing is this quarter. What does that mean? The one thing is this week. That sounds worth doing, even if I do more than one thing, which of course you're going to do. But knowing my one thing right off the top of my head sounds, sounds like an important strategic consideration. Yeah. And a good, like, uh, I don't know. It's like, we're always just playing mind games with ourselves, like trying to figure out how to make it so that we don't feel like we're behind the eight ball or failing. And a lot of that is just convincing ourselves that like we are finite. (laughs) Our time is finite. We're doing our best and it's never going to, like, I was just remarking this to someone the other day talking about like the speed of speed of development. And I said the words like, well, I'm never, it's never fast enough for me. I'm never going to be satisfied. And it's like, that's not really, that's not a healthy perspective to have. It's a recognizing a fault in myself that like, that's, that's my inclination. And it's what I'm having to fight back against all the time. Lest I just be in a constant state of disappointment and stress because it's not going fast enough. Yeah. Going back to mindset shifts, I was talking to this friend and and I told him like, I kind of feel like I'm failing and I think it's, I have like several very disparate areas of the business that I think should be being worked on. We have like hiring and also product management, but also marketing. And it's like, okay, so like those are departments 
you know, in, in real companies, in larger companies that, you know, could have hundreds of people in each of them. And I'm like, I am not crushing any of those. And so I feel like guilty about all of them, basically. And I was saying like, it's time for me, I think, to shift away from the like, okay, the thing I should be doing then is like, work on all those things, like, be more diligent, be more productive, get more done over here, and then also get more done over here. And it's like, oh, no, actually, no, you've changed to the new phase where it's like, you have to figure out how to get more done in the business without putting more time into it, or without it without it coming from you directly. Maybe you need to automate things or hire or, you know, find ways to delegate differently or something. But it's the answer, I think, is less and less just figure it out dude like keep keep just you know just just add it to the to-do list and make that priority higher than that priority and it's Mm -hmm. like i I actually don't i I can't do three major functions that well i can do each of them part-time at best and like am i world-class at some of these things like eh, could we find someone world-class yeah probably so Yeah. yeah and you have a responsibility to the business to not burn yourself out you know, yeah. like that's that's one of your fiduciary responsibilities. Is like, <laughs> <I> like <laughs> don't completely waste the Ben resource. Like, there's high leverage areas for you to be focusing on, and like, uh, you know, getting yourself out of the, yeah, out of the loop of trying to, trying to be the one to to chip off these to dos is not not the best use of your time, and will burn you out if you try to do that for yeah. too long. You know, right? Exactly. The good news, my friend pointed out, is like once you make the shift of like. I'm going to do the work and if more work needs to be done, I have to do the work. I'll do the the additional work to how do I get that work done without work doing it myself? That's like kind of the last shift. Like you make that shift into it and now that's just the new, the new way of operating kind of forever. And you're building maybe as we grow like more complicated structures and it's different to run a company of 50 people than 10 people, of course. But the basic process of like, what should the company be doing? How do we get that done? Who can we plug into here? Or what structures can we create? That That's the work maybe forever. Yeah. Once you stop trying to, you know, force yourself to do those things, you start thinking, you start thinking in that mindset for all your team members too. So like, you're like, well, I can't just, you know, shove this to Spencer and Joel. Like they have, sure. they need to, totally. they have their areas that they need to focus on. So now like I need to figure out how to like, that was something I always remember when Rob, when we would talk about hiring, he'd, he'd always say like, well, I know you can do this. I know that. But like, is that the best use of your time? Like I have, we have you focusing on this part. So therefore I need to go hire someone to do this thing, you know? And totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah that's, that's really good. And like, that's, I think that's part of my guilt is like, I know I can do these things. Like I have ideas and like skills and, and whatnot in a bunch of these areas, but that doesn't mean that I should do them. Yeah. Yeah. But man, it's it's it has been a little rough, honestly. It feels like a bit of a trap where it's like the business is doing well, which means there's more to do or more opportunity, which means and, and like the more opportunity not being taken advantage of makes me feel bad. And so it's almost like as the business succeeds more, I feel worse. <laughs> the more aware you become of what it could be doing. And yeah, it, yeah. Right. And it, like the more we succeed, the more I feel like I'm failing, basically. It's like <laughs> there's so all these tasks. There's yeah. all these things. I'm only getting like a I'm getting a smaller portion done of all the things that seem worthy of doing yeah and so it's like crap what a funny paradox man yeah (laughs) yeah doesn't doesn't feel funny in the moment right no (laughs) just to say it is just you get you have to you have to laugh a little bit but yeah I know I know the feeling it's not it doesn't feel good (laughs) it was yeah like you would think like when we were at like 10k MRR or something 
we'd be like, it would be sadder or like more stressful or like feel like, oh man, we really got to, but like, it felt great. We were having a great time. I remember feel like, I think I was, you know, way more relaxed and had a sense of like, yeah, we got this plenty to do, but we'll figure it out. And now it's more like, okay, this is rapidly increasing in complexity and scale. Uh, even though the, the revenue keeps going the right way and things are good, the indicators are positive. It's like, I feel like I'm screwing up way more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this will be a, this will be great stuff to, to talk through and figure out in the weeks to come, weeks, months, totally. years. <laughs> yeah. Glad exactly. we have this podcast to, uh, to talk about it. Me too. Yeah. Thanks for uh, listening. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Notes of the show. Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.